Welcome in to the First and Goal Show. I'm Scott Ayers alongside John Schmidt bringing you NFL talk for the next hour here on KRNU2. And John, we had another great week down in the books. Week 12 is officially done. It feels like forever ago when we were last on air because... Over a week ago, due to Thanksgiving break, we missed a lot of some exciting games on Thanksgiving Day, and I think um, the most important one was that Redskins-Cowboys game. Cowboys taking down Washington 31-23, to and unfortunately, I think Dallas is in the driver's seat for their division. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, <clears throat> and the Bears got a good win uh, on Thanksgiving, too, because they had Trubisky out. Um so they had uh, Chase Daniel starting, who I think was his first start since 2014. Yeah, it was. With the Chiefs, actually. It was. Um, they were able to get the win, though, which is uh, which is good for them to uh, keep fighting in that NFC race. Um, and then the Saints picked up another win, now 10-1 and on Thanksgiving. I think they're the best team in football right now. Yeah, I agree. Um, it looked The Falcons looked like they were going to hang around for a little bit, but um, the Saints just have too many weapons. Yeah, I, I th- their defense has been stepping up. They have been, and that's, time. I think that's the difference between New Orleans and Kansas City and Los Angeles. I think that game we saw between KC and L.A. was amazing. It's one of the greatest games we will see in a regular season. problem is there, neither of those teams really have a defense. Now, both teams are— There were some defensive touchdowns. There were some defensive touchdowns that made an impact. But outside of that, I think there was two total punts. Right, and that's a problem. So, yeah. and, you know, And so— uh, both defenses are getting key players back. Rams, I think Akeem Talib is going to be reporting back. And Eric Berry. The day has finally arrived. It's, it's, it's come, finally, for Chiefs. It's finally fans. arrived. I don't think I've ever seen so much hype around a one-minute video posted on the Chiefs' Twitter of Eric Berry stretching. But uh, there was some it's hype needed. behind it. It's needed. Uh, it. The day has finally Over 100 days of quote-unquote day-to-day. With the sore Achilles, finally back, uh, practicing in a limited par as a limited participant. But um, I'm thinking he'll get some limited snap counts this week, um, and then in a few weeks, I hope he's fully healthy for the Chargers game, yeah. which is really the only remaining "quote unquote" big game that the Chiefs have left. Yeah, so. I mean, if you're a Chiefs fan, you have to be excited. You've lost two games um, with a not very good defense. You're able to really hold on in a lot of different games, and now you have probably going to be the best defensive player on your on your roster coming back, and you you just have to hope he steps up because that secondary has been bad for Kansas City. AFC West is interesting because I think Los Angeles and Kansas City, they're front runners to make the playoffs. Kansas City, no doubt. Chargers, unless they choke away, which they've done before, uh, they'll be in the playoffs too. But they're now the Denver Broncos, they've won two straight, um, beating Pittsburgh on a game-sealing interception by Shelby Harris on Sunday. Denver Broncos are a game out of the wildcard spot, so now the AFC West has another contender for the playoffs. And uh, Denver, look, they're, they're not the best team in the AFC, and I, I can be the first to admit that, but... This team is starting to finally click. And after two big wins against the Chargers and the Steelers, now they go to Cincinnati where the Bengals are just looking for any sort of quarterback. I can't even remember who's starting now that Andy Dalton is out. Yeah, definitely. I think the, Bronco, the Broncos are sitting at 5-6 and six right now. 
Yep. I think they're better than every five and six and six and five team in the AFC. I agree. I agree. Um, I yeah. A few weeks ago, we were counting out the Broncos, uh, thinking they didn't really have a chance to make the playoffs because they're sitting at what three and six. Three and, and six. Two two games straight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they're right back in it. And I, I like I said, I think they're the better than every other five and six and six and five team. Um, you've touched on the Chargers a little bit too. They have a big game coming up this week. I'll, I'll talk. We'll talk a little bit about in the in the pick'em segment. But yeah, they go into Pittsburgh and take on the Steelers, right? Uh, which is huge, huge for both for, teams. Huge for both teams because the Steelers are now the four seed in the AFC after that loss to Denver. Yeah, because the Texans jumped them. Houston's now the three, and yeah. New England the two. New England two. Yep. Right, and so, but I mean, everything's within a game or two in the AFC. It's incredibly close and that's not to say that the nfc doesn't have this kind of excitement but the top two spots are pretty much sealed between la and new orleans new orleans is probably going to be the one seed um new orleans and la the two and then chicago is most likely the three and so that's why i think we focus on the afc is because one through six is still up for grabs there there is no certain team one through six right now in the afc oh definitely i i Chances are the Chiefs and Patriots are still going to end up at one and two. I agree. Um, have that bye week. Um, but I, I've preached about it so many times in weeks past about how important home field is um, for these teams in the playoffs. And um, the difference between having that, that one and two can decide whether or not you make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm um, seriously. Like, like, I've, like I said, I preached in previous weeks, um, you don't want to go into New England, especially in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, this AFC West – or not AFC West, excuse me, AFC race is tight. Um, the Texans now winning eight straight, eight and three. Um, the Steelers are, are right up there. I think they're, even though they lost this week, I still think they're one of the best teams in the AFC. They're still a really good football team. They always are. They always mm-hmm. perform well in the playoffs. Yep. Um, yeah, the, the AFC is exciting right now, and uh, every single week, every single game coming up is going to matter. It is because... So you mentioned kind of one through four, the Chiefs, Patriots, Texans, Steelers, all pretty close. And then you've got the Chargers, who are eight and three. I mean, they are driver's seat to be at least the five seat. And they, you know, they have an outside shot of winning the AFC West. They still have a game with Kansas City. Um, but they have a lot of tough tests ahead. So with the Chargers there... Uh, it's the sixth spot though that is crazy close. You've got the Ravens and Colts at six and five, and then Miami, Cincinnati, Denver, and Tennessee all with five wins. I think Cincinnati is done um, losing Andy Dalton for the season. They don't have a starting quarterback. I think it's fair to say that they're most likely not going to be that sixth spot. Baltimore's looked good with Lamar Jackson. He's been playing pretty well. Um, that defense is mean. And the Indianapolis Colts, I mean, that offense has been clicking with An- Andrew Luck. It, it, they're such a different ball club when he is with them. And so Luck is back, and I think this this race for the sixth spot is completely up for grabs. I know that there's some teams a game back, but, John, these last few weeks are going to be so exciting for so many reasons in the AFC. Yeah, and like you said, the Ravens are sitting there right now. But and Lamar Jackson has been playing well with them. They've now won two straight with him as starter. But the thing about Lamar Jackson is looking ahead to the playoffs. They've run the ball really well. He's a running quarterback. 
they've run a lot of read option and uh, options to the outside, triple option and stuff like that. Um, I, I can just picture him matching up against Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Ben Roethlisberger, Deshaun Watson, who can all throw the ball better than most quarterbacks in the NFL, and I don't see them um, keeping up with the, those teams. No. Uh, um, <clears throat> and then you talked about the Chargers a little bit, and they're only one game back of the Chiefs, yes, but the Chiefs beat them in week one, so the Chargers would have to beat them in their next matchup, yep. and the Chargers also lost to the Broncos once. Um, and the only two divisional games the Chiefs have outside of that Chargers matchup is the Raiders twice. So the Chargers oh, would well, have to finish yeah. with more wins, theoretically. Right, because I, the Chiefs aren't going to lose to the Raiders. Um, so if they finish with the same amount of wins, obviously the Chiefs would have the tiebreaker, even if the Chargers won this upcoming game. Right, and that's why um, I said it was an outside look. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's still tight. The Chargers are a really good team. Um, but they took a big hit. Uh, Melvis, Melvin Gordon, um, MCL sprain. Yeah, how long he's, will he be out He's week for? to week. Uh, but I could see him being out until the Chiefs match up in um, in two weeks. Um, no reason to risk it because they have some. There's no way he's going to play this week, and then I think the week after that they play the Cardinals, maybe someone not good. Um, so he'll probably be out until the Chiefs game, so two or three weeks. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean the AFC is just tight all around. Yeah, and so we'll move on to the NFC now. Uh, we've mentioned New Orleans and Rams both at ten and one. The Bears at eight and three, and then it's dicey from there. Um, the Vikings actually have the fourth best record at six four and one. Dallas Cowboys would be the four seed right now at six and five, but it's a tight race too in that back half of the NFC for that five and six spot. I mean, there are multiple teams at six and five: Carolina, Seattle, Washington, and even Dallas. And then Philadelphia at five and six. Green Bay Packers are four six and one. They're not good. Green Bay is not impressed. You know, you think okay, Aaron Rodgers will turn it around easily, but man, this team is is not convincing at all. No, yeah. That game against Minnesota Sunday night, it was all Minnesota throughout and and I know Rodgers had a score late but that was the Vikings really took control in that one they're bad and they're flat out bad on the road yes Um, they haven't won they're they're 4-0-1 at home and 0-6 on the road um, which is crazy to think about Um, they're they're just a bad team Um, but obviously they play way better at at Lambeau Um, yeah I I think the Packers season's done um uh, the NFC, like you kind of said, is kind of locked up how it is. There's not really going to be any tight races coming up with uh, in, in terms of seeding. But, um, yeah, that NFC East, man, the Cowboys, every other team in the playoffs in the NFC I think would beat the Cowboys by 21. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, and, and they're probably going to win the division now that Colt McCoy's the guy in Washington. And another yeah. team that sticks out to me, John, are – the Carolina Panthers, they were 6-2, and two, um, really right behind New Orleans uh, in the division. They've dropped three straight and are currently on the outside looking in at 6-5. and five. That's one of the more surprising things to me is this team has failed to get it done. They lost against Detroit two weeks ago going for two um, and then even lost this last week. It just, I mean, for Carolina, this is a team that I was – 
pretty sold uh, on the fact that they were a legitimate threat. But after this loss to Seattle this past weekend, I don't know. They have to get a lot done here coming up in order to even make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, and it's not like they they did not play well against the Seahawks. They did. Um, but when they got into the red zone, they consistently kept turning the ball over or settling for field goals. Um, I thought they played better than the Seahawks in the game. But like I said, the, the turnovers in the red zone and settling for field goals came back to haunt them in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, they had now losing three straight, and they made that questionable call to go for two a few weeks ago, like you just said. Um, and then three weeks ago, getting blown out in, in Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, I mean, now they're they're sitting on the outside looking in. I still think they're a good football team, though. Christian McCaffrey had an absurd game this week. Um, but yeah, I, I just he I'm did. not I'm not I'm not sold on them. Um, mm-hmm. it, I think it's going to be between uh, the Seahawks and Panthers there, uh, looking in for that one of those last spots. So um, that that's that'll be exciting to see though. Um, in the NFC. I think so, too. I think Washington will drop out. But, yeah. yeah, it is that I think it will come down to Carolina and Seattle. But how about the Philadelphia Eagles? I mean, they have been uh, – I mean, they've, they've been bad this year. I know they're coming off a close win against New York. But there was a large part of that game where I was sitting at home thinking, okay, Philadelphia might actually lose this game. To the Giants, and New York is bad. And so that's just unacceptable to see from the defending, defending Super Bowl champions. Just a lackluster performance. They just, and that's that's been their season, though. There's never been a game where anyone has thought, wow, they, man, they look good. Like, they, they haven't had that all season long. And they proved once again against the Giants. Yeah, I mean, they had a really rough start to the game, but uh, down 19 at one point, but then uh, ended up coming back there at the end. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz hasn't looked like uh, him himself last season since that ACL tear. Um, J.H.I. obviously went down early in the year. Um, they They don't really have a strong backfield. But the thing is they have – so many receivers, it seems like. And then, obviously, Zach Ertz at tight end, who's a uh, top three tight end. So, it's, yeah, I, I just, I don't really understand why. They've had a lot of injuries on defense, too. I don't think there's any other secondary in the in the league that's taken as many hits as they have. Um, it's just, I, I mean, every time you watch them, it's just ACL tear after ACL tear, it seems like. Um, you know, they're signing guys after, every week to uh, to bring them up to the active roster. Um, but I just, their offense, it seems like they still have weapons. Carson Wentz, he hasn't been playing bad. I say he hasn't been back to his form that he was in last year, but he hasn't been playing bad. So I don't, I don't really know what the, what the answer is for them. No, um, I don't know. And that's a surprise. You, you mentioned the threats they have on offense. J.H.I., you know, he severed it, but you know, they, we're able to be fine with before the trade with Miami last year. You know, he's not the catalyst to the Philadelphia Eagles' success. I'm guessing you mentioned also the injury Wentz suffered last year. Still struggling to come back from that. Nick Foles is still on that roster, and I think Wentz is a better quarterback. But 
just kind of funny that the Super Bowl MVP has just kind of faded out. He is just not talked about at all. And quite frankly, if the Eagles didn't have defending champions next to the name, they wouldn't be talked about in general. They they have not played to a playoff level, and that has shown all season long. Well, we have much more to come here. On the First and Goal Show, it will be our weekly pick segment when we come back. So stick with us. Welcome back to the First and Goal Show. I'm Scott Ayers alongside John Schmidt bringing you NFL Talk here on KRNU2. And we are bringing you our weekly pick segment where we go through every single game of the week. We pick who we think is going to come out as the winner last week, I had 12 corrects to three wrongs, and old Schmitty nine and six last week. So my my lead over Mr. John Schmidt is slowly growing, folks. I'm at 86 and 43. John is at 78 and 51. John, I you know I I've had you a couple couple weeks in a row here, and I like to think my hot takes. That's uh. That's the name of the game in the, in, in our pick'em segment, and uh, I live and die by it. And it's like uh, Nebraska basketball; they live and die by the three for some godforsaken reason. And for some reason, they live by it uh, on some nights, but die by it on others. I'm currently living, baby, and uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, you're definitely killing me. <laughs> but anything can happen any given week. Any given week, folks. And we will start off Thursday night football. New Orleans at Dallas. Dallas now leading the division against New Orleans, who is trying to hold on to that one spot. John, who you got? New Orleans. Yeah, same here. I think it's uh, not a ton of explanation is needed, I think. For some reason, Sean Payton is on a revenge tour, and he just wants to beat people as badly as he can. And it's it's honestly remarkable because he's doing it every single game. He'll go for it on fourth down. He doesn't care. You they, they could be up 38 points. He does not care. It's incredible. And, uh, yeah, I like New Orleans in this game. Baltimore at Atlanta. This game is interesting. I, I'm going to go with the Falcons. It's home for Atlanta. Um... This is a big test for Lamar Jackson. I don't think he gets it done. I think Baltimore trips up against an NFC opponent in the Falcons. Yeah, like I kind of touched on earlier. <clears throat> earlier, excuse me. Um, Lamar Jackson has played well. Um, they've had success running the ball and running the read option a lot. Um, and now he's going to line up against Matt Ryan, who's currently leading the NFL in passing yards. Um, so I don't I don't think Lamar Jackson is going to be able to keep up with them. So I like the Falcons as well. Great. Next, we have Denver versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati, bad defense. And now no quarterback for the Bengals. John, who, who do you got? I like the Broncos. They're playing really well. I think they're going to um, continue their streak and get that last wild card spot. Yeah, it's Jeff Driscoll who will be – he's going to be starting for the Bengals. He was was claimed off the waivers from San Francisco in 2016. He hasn't started for the Bengals. So 
You know, I, I'm going to go with Denver as well. They're playing well. I think they got over that hump of losing close games against good teams. Give me Denver. Los Angeles at Detroit. The Rams, not the Chargers. The Rams. I'm going to take L.A. Yeah, I, the D- Detroit's bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I was going to try to expand on that but there's really nothing else to say other than they're bad so um yeah i'll take los angeles too cardinals at green bay the packers are at home so yeah i that's that honest was my- on, if if it was the other way around and the cardinals were at home i think i would pick the cardinals i think i would too i think i would too um buffalo at miami dolphins need this to stay in the hunt for the playoffs, Buffalo coming off uh, a win against Jacksonville. This is an interesting game. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill um, had his first game back last week against the Colts. Um, he played all right. Um, the Colts obviously won on a last-second field goal. Um, they're now at home. Ryan Tannehill obviously getting the start again. So I like the Dolphins here. Me too. The Bills also have Josh Allen back, so they're playing a little bit better. Like you said, they're coming off that win against the Jaguars, but I still like the Dolphins in a close one. Me too. I'm going to take the Dolphins as well. Uh, Chicago versus the Giants. Giants at home. Giants are feeling good. That means I'm taking the Bears. Bears defense is phenomenal. They are playing just great football right now. I like what Trubisky's been able to do, and Chase Daniels looked all right against Detroit. I'll take the Bears. Uh-oh. I already <laughs> <laughs> you saw me approaching the mic. <laughs> John, Trubis- slowly. Trubisky, I think, is going to be out again. It's not a guarantee, but I think he's going to be out again. So, I like the Giants. Oh, wow. You know, <laughs> I saw you, you saw that look. <laughs> you gave me a look of, like, I'm going to do this. And so... <laughs> All right, Carolina at Tampa Bay. Both teams not playing well. Tampa Bay stinks. John? I like the Panthers here. Bounce back off of their losing streak. Stay in that wild card contention. Me too. Give me the Panthers. I I think that they're going to be in contention all season long. Indianapolis at Jacksonville. I'm going to take the Colts. Uh, Barkley is getting the start. For Jacksonville, Matt Barkley, as Blake Bortles was benched. It's a really sad day in Jacksonville. Um, But I think Indiana is just a much better team. I'm going to take the Colts. Yeah, Colts. Colts. Well said. The the Jaguars are just really bad right now. They've lost eight straight. The Chiefs broke them in week four. And that was it. That was it for Jacksonville. The Chiefs broke them. I'll stand by that. Cleveland at Houston. Man, this is Houston's toughest test, I think. They they are on an eight game win streak, but they haven't played a good team. They beat they beat Denver. True. Yeah, I'll, I'll still take the Texans. Again, this is one of those things if the Browns were at home, I think I would take the Browns. I know, because I'm going back and forth if I want to take Cleveland or not in this game. I think you know what? I'll take the Browns. Um, 
I like since Baker Mayfield, the new coaching change, Baker's has like nine touchdown passes and one interception. He's been fantastic recently. The Browns, I mean, they look they dominated the Bengals. And I think this Browns team, they're not in a mode of, okay, we just want to keep tanking. I think they have guys who honestly just want to win games. They don't really they they know they're not a playoff team, but they want to keep winning. And I think that's the whole point of that culture that it, they they shift from losing to winning um in that mindset. So, I'll take the Browns in this game. It's a big game, probably going to be very hard to win, but the Texans against the Titans, you know that Lamar Miller run was awesome, but their offensive line stinks. Deshaun Watson runs around for his life, it seems like every other play. Ton of holding calls. I'll take the Browns. You want to hear a statement that you probably haven't heard? Probably in your life. Yeah, let me hear it. The Cleveland Browns have the same record as the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. I didn't think I'd ever hear that. Who, who would win in the game, Green Bay or Cleveland? Neutral territory. Neutral and they're playing in, uh, let's say, Scottsdale, Arizona. Let's say it's 70 mm. degrees. Right two now? Two-mile-an-hour win. Probably Cleveland. Yeah, I'd take Cleveland. I would, too. Yeah. <laughs> I would take old Bakey. Right now, right now, yeah. Um, but, oh, wait, did I already pick this game? Did I already say the Texans? Yeah. Okay. You yeah. said Texans. Jets, Titans. I'll take the Titans. Titans as well. Their defense is playing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcus Mariota is bad. <laughs> I, yeah. I know he had a high completion percentage, but I think two of those passes were beyond 10 yards. No, they were all checkdowns. Yeah. He just can't He can't get the offense moving. No. No. Um, Kansas City at Oakland. Is this a one-word response time? Eric Berry for four interceptions. Well, I wasn't going to say that. Eric Berry, Eric Berry for four. Eric Berry putting up twenty eight points by himself. <laughs> Chiefs win by sixty. Kicking extra points. <laughs> Chiefs win by sixty. Fair enough. I'll take the Chiefs as well, but not by sixty. Minnesota at New England. New England, just because they're at home. Yeah. Yeah, I think I have to take New England as well. They just show up for big games. Um, yeah. But man, it They it haven't looked good recently. They yeah. didn't I know they beat the I mean they beat the Jets this week. They they were struggling uh, up until about halfway through the third quarter. I want to so. take Minnesota, but Minnesota's also very inconsistent. I know they beat Green Bay, but the week before that, they were handled by the Bears. They're the same team that's lost to the Bills, but has also won you know Fairly big game, so I, I have to take New England. I, I want to see Kirk Cousins actually win a big game before I can pick him, you know? And I you can say that Packers game maybe, but New England's a far better team than Green Bay. It, Kirk Cousins needs to beat a good team in prime time. I have not been sold on Cousins ever. He's never, And they're paying him so much money for a guy who's never made a – Conference championship appearance? Crazy to me. Absolutely crazy. But moving on, San Francisco at Seattle. Uh, Seattle. 
Yeah, Seattle. There's, there's not much more to that other. Uh, hey, by the way, Kirk Cousins contract, eighty four million guaranteed up front. Crazy. Why? Why is he getting eighty four million dollars? Well, I don't I more so question the Redskins move. Oh, of Alex Smith? Yeah. Yeah. How they, much they it's like they didn't want to pay Kirk Cousins a lot of money. So they let him walk in free agency, but then they traded their best corner, arguably their best corner, to the Chiefs and a third-round pick, and then gave Alex Smith a lot of money. Yeah. I well, I think Kirk Cousins maybe is they better than Alex Smith. I, I think Cousins is better than Smith. I think – but they're paying nowhere near what they would have to for Alex Smith. As they would Kirk Cousins. I don't know. Alex Smith's contract is... Hold on. Let me look up the exact number. But I know they gave Alex Smith a lot of money. Oh, I um, I believe it. Okay, so they added four years onto his contract. So his total contract is five years, $111 million, How 70, much of it is... Gu- 71 guaranteed. Yeah. And Cousins is, what, three year for Minnesota? Yeah, three year. So a little bit more for Cousins, but... Yeah. I mean, that's still a lot of money for Alex Smith, and I don't know if he necessarily is worth that kind of money, but um, still a little bit less. You're still dumping off a little, and I don't think Cousins wanted to play in Washington, so... Um, yeah, that could be it. And so... It was just a weird situation. It was weird. It you, don't was really weird. S- you don't really see a team refuse to pay their quarterback once once they draft and develop a good quarterback i don't think i've ever seen a team not pay them when their contract's right. up especially in the first kind of cycle of things right you yeah know? and kirk like right in his prime kirk he was playing well for him so that's yeah it was just confusing to me yeah i didn't get that um confusing next up a confusing matchup sunday night football los angeles chargers versus the pittsburgh steelers this game is huge for both teams. Pittsburgh has a chance to really stay relevant for the two spot or higher. Chargers have a chance to stay relevant in the AFC West for that one spot, a loss. You know, they're still comfortable in the fourth seat with the five seed, but a win over Pittsburgh would prove that they are a legitimate team in the AFC. Yeah, this is a huge game uh, for both teams and for the, the whole AFC in general. Um,. I like the Steelers though, at home in prime time. I don't. I don't. Plus, if the Chargers don't have Melvin Gordon, them going on the road into Pittsburgh Sunday night. Yep. I'm not really sold on the Chargers being that type of team yet. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Steelers as well. Finally, to wrap things up, Washington at Philadelphia Monday Night Football. Both teams really just playing to stay relevant. You know. Whoever loses his game, I believe is done. I know Washington is in the mix, but I don't think Colt McCoy can get Washington to the playoffs. Um, he's just not good enough. In Philadelphia, I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I do think they're going to win this game over Washington. Um, it's going to be a close one. It's really hard to choose between two mediocre teams, but I'll take the Eagles over the Redskins. Yeah, I'll take the Eagles too. For the sole purpose of Colt McCoy starting for the Redskins, so yeah, yeah. Well, folks, that's our uh, weekly pick'em segment. It is uh, always a ride, Mr. Schmidt, and some disparity as always. 
We will come back. We still have much more to come here on the First and Goal Show here on KRNU2. So stick with us after the break. Welcome back to the First and Goal Show where we talk about NFL football, baby. And I'm Scott Ayers alongside John Schmidt. And, John, we are talking about our favorite segment of the show. It's top five, bottom five. We've done running backs. We've done wide receivers, teams, quarterbacks, you name it. But this one we decided to go outside the box. We are doing top five, bottom five of quarterbacks who you would want to lead a game-winning drive. This isn't just quarterbacks in the NFL right now, but we're talking about the past. We're not talking about the future because we're not sure about that yet, folks. But what we do know is our top five and bottom five quarterbacks of who we would want leading a game-winning drive. And, John, do you want to start bottom or top first? Top. We're going to stop, start top, and we're going to start at number five, my number five. How about this? You want a little curveball? You want a little okay. cheese, Sammy? Let's Give me it. Donovan McNabb. Wow. Give me McNabb, baby. I just remember there was a play fourth and 26. McNabb got that conversion <laughs> sometime in the playoffs. <laughs> I don't remember the exact year. They I went think to the I do Super Bowl. That. Was yeah. it uh, 05? 06. 06. It was 06. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, there's some history for you. I know. I know some people thought they were just. Uh, Gonna get some schooling on the NFL today, but get out your history books because there's there's a lesson right there, Johnny. Okay, well, I kind of went a different. I kind of I'm kind of just picking some of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. That's fine. I'm kind of looking at their stats. That's and their okay. MVPs, Super Bowl wins. Okay. Because I think that super those Super Bowl wins really bring out that clutch factor, you know. Uh huh. Mm hmm. It's so number five. I'm gonna put Terry Bradshaw. Oh. Four Super Bowl wins. Regular season record, 10751. MVP in nineteen seventy eight. That's I'm great. taking him. And your number four? Uh oh. Oh, um Uh oh. I forgot I was going back to back. Yeah, it's like a snake Give me a draft. Second. It's a snake draft. I know we do this every week, but <laughs> we're professionals, don't worry. Um Man, number four, Peyton Manning. Oh, that's who I had. Yep. Peyton, baby. I don't know. I was I completely forgot about Peyton Manning until I was scrolling through a page there and I saw a picture of Peyton Manning's face. Oh, I never forget Peyton Manning. <laughs> well, I know you don't. Yeah. Well, I know my 3-2-1, so it was. It was that four and five spot, huh? Yeah, yeah the four yeah. and five was tripping me up a little Peyton, bit. Peyton, Peyton is one of the masters of changing the play at the line of scrimmage. And the the it seemed like the play clock was always down near to th- uh, three or two or even one when when Pan- Manning was under center. Just a brilliant football mind. Um, wasn't the strongest, didn't have the tightest of spirals, but man, he was a genius when it came to the game of football. So I'll take him at four. John Elway at number three. There's a little Bronco love right there, and it's yeah, I know you don't like him, but come on, baby, the drive and. Uh, uh, on top of that, just you mentioned Super Bowl wins. He had two, and he led a great one against Green Bay. He had some clutch, clutch, clutch um, late-game heroics. You think about the drive against the Cleveland Browns. I, I like John Elway at number three. 
My number three, I'm going to Joe Montana. Ooh, the comeback um, kid. Yep, four, four Super Bowls. I mean, probably the second best quarterback in in history standing right now. Yeah, right behind Manning. No. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. Um, I'm up for number two, right? Yep. Yes. Okay, number two, I'm going Tom Brady. Yep. Are you gonna say Mahomes at one? No. Yes. No. <laughs> Tom Brady. Yeah, okay. part of me wanted to put him on there just to get under your skin there, Scott. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Dirty dog. Yeah, no, Tom Brady's a he's a tremendous player. But I think he's been clutching in the fourth quarter, like mm-hmm. his, whole, his whole super, career. Yeah. And that super that Super Bowl comeback against the Falcons. Twenty down twenty eight to three in the third quarter. Fantastic. But gets the number two spot. Here's why he's not in my top two. Or in my top five. Because you're going to love this top, these top two. Number two, Joe Montana, comeback kid. Never lost in the Super Bowl. You got to take him. Mm-hmm. Number one, are you Case ready Keenum? for this? <laughs> no, no way. Case Brock Keenum? Osweiler? No. Nice. nice Paxton start. Lynch? No way. Are you ready? Jay Cutler? Are you sitting down for this? Yeah, I'm sitting Are down. you listening? Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Are you sure? Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, baby. Give me Timmy. John Schmidt nearly left the booth, folks. I mean, come on. He's a guy who would throw for about 60 yards in the first three quarters. He'd say, give me 120 in the fourth. That's who Tim Tebow was. He won ugly. He won gritty. But my goodness, you want to talk about the comeback king, you're looking at him. Fourth quarter king, Tim Tebow. Give me Tebow or give me death. He's my number one. Yeah, I really almost walked out of the booth there. You weren't lying. <laughs> I stood up, took off the headphones. Furious. I mean, what? What is that? <laughs> Give me Tebow. God. Do we need other to go over outside that of his one playoff win? Oh, oh. Against, against, no, I say it, it was a good one though against the Steelers. One. I mean, to Demarius Thomas, what that like eighty yard? But that season, the season before, all he did. No, I know. Come from behind, baby. But ahead of Joe Montana. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Out Give here. me Timmy. He's clutch. Am I up for number one? You are. Aaron Rodgers. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. He's really (laughs) (laughs) I took it way more seriously. I should (laughs) have. He's way better. And come from behind situations. I I agree. I agree, but no one beats Tim Tebow. No one beats Tim Tebow. False. Okay, bottom five. I started with top five. I'll let you start with the bottom five. And this list is pretty darn good on my part. Man, number five. Mm-hmm. So I, I was thinking back to some Chiefs legends from about the late 2000s when the Chiefs were rocking about anywhere from one to four wins a season. So I wanted to include at least one on there. Yep. Um, nice little throwback. I'm going to go ahead and throw a Brit- Brody Croyle on there. Brody Croyle? Yeah. Wow. you probably never even heard of him, have you? That's the first time I've ever heard of Brody Croyle. Yeah. Look him up. Legend. Legend. The legend of Brody Croyle. Well, he's going up against a tough tough number five in Kyle Orton. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. He's the guy who got benched for Tim Tebow in Denver. You know how I did that? One in one spot, five in the other. Uh, yeah, Kyle Orton stinks. He's a he, he's not a ugh. – that's my thought. That's my verbal thought process on Kyle Orton. It's just a bleh. But you know who's my number four? 
Mm-hmm. The king of pick sixes. It's David Carr. Derek Carr's brother. He, I was know, debating putting him on there. He was great for a few seasons in Houston. He led them to the playoffs. I don't know what happened. Dude just starts throwing picks left and right. Just <laughs> That's what it sounds like when he threw interceptions. And then it was, that's the players running on the field. <laughs> uh, David Carr, number four. Um, My number four, Jay Cutler. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's a good. You like that's that? That's really huh? good. You like that? I really huh? like that. Yep. I might have to put him on now. That's really good. That man finessed the Bears. He did. Do you remember how and much money he was making from the Bears starting all those years? Just an absurd amount. He, oh, terrible. Terrible. Jay and Cutler. he played for a season in Miami. Yeah. He didn't do anything there. Nope. Your number and three? My number three, the man himself. Brock Osweiler. Oh, Brocky. Terrible. I wrote Brocket Ship <laughs> in there. I, I watched him in – he was all right in Denver. Those, he was. Those games he started for uh, Peyton Manning's absence. And even the games he was back, um, like that one season he was back, he, he had a few wins, and I was like, all right, I'll take it, Brock. I don't know. Then I watched him on the Texans. Stinker. Watched him on the Browns a little bit. Stinker. And now I've watched him on the Dolphins. Stinker. And now he's number three on my list. Welcome to the list, Brock Osweiler. You didn't expect that, did you? <laughs> Your fame is just soared. You've been mentioned on the first and goal show. Well, I'm going to mention another guy who's on the Browns. There's a there's a trend for some of these guys on the list. It's Brandon Whedon. Ooh. Oh, he's bad. Oh, he's really bad. He was about 42 when he got drafted into the league yeah, from Oklahoma yeah. State. That was a good one. He, I mean, his peak was when he lost a ball during the national anthem and went under the American flag. Do you remember that? I do not. Yeah, well, I'll pull up the clip. It's it's pretty hilarious. Um, that's who Brandon Whedon was. I mean, he was never a good quarterback. He is just, yeah, he was like 40 when he, dra- yeah, got he drafted. Yeah, he was so old. He was yeah. like... He was so old, and the Browns said, give me Whedon, baby, and now he's number three. Number two, yeah, this we all knew he was going to be on this list, Jamarcus Russell. No way, that's mine too. No, I, number two? Yeah, who's your number one? Oh, I'm not going to tell you that yet. My number one's Peterman. Is that yours? No. Dang it. <laughs> that <laughs> would have been hilarious. I should have done Peterman. I, I didn't take my number one super serious. Uh-oh. But your number two is Jamarcus. Yeah. Oh, that makes me really happy. Peterman is a perfect number one. I I wanted to stay local though. I stayed local. We're in Lincoln. It, this is a sports talk show in Lincoln. This guy kept the draft streak alive here for the Huskers. But my goodness, he stinks. It's Tanner Lee. Welcome to number one, Tanner Lee. Fair enough. That dude. That dude had some of the worst reads I've ever seen. On, on pa- Don't get me wrong. Great arm strength. Could really fit into a tight window when he made the right decision. Decision-making, John, it'd be the same as ours. There's just no decision-making whatsoever. He just had a big arm. I remember after uh, Arkansas State, I was like, oh, my gosh, this guy's great. He's going to lead the Huskers to about... 13 wins because they just won their bowl game. And they, I mean, they finished fifth. 
in the uh, BCS rankings, but you know they'll, they'll they'll win the Rose Bowl. You know that's what I was thinking with Tanner Lee, and then I was like, oh wait, never mind, this guy stinks. So uh, I want to say local. I want to do him justice. Fair enough. Welcome to the number one spot, Tanner Lee. I feel like I had to put Peterman on there. You had to. Yeah. No, I think that's a perfect number one. Nathan Peterman. After I witnessed five interceptions in one half. He really might be the worst quarterback to start of all time. Right? Yeah, like, I think so. Is there anyone... And I think Jamarcus Russell's the biggest bust. Russell is the biggest bust. He went one overall. And he never he never watched film. He never did any of that. So, yeah, while I was looking up this list, I just I read a little bit about him. I, I didn't realize this. So, he got drafted first overall. Um... Then him and the Raiders didn't come to a contract agreement before his first season, yeah, so he held out. Um, of his they entire gave him, first season? No, just of, of training camp. Uh, up until the Raiders gave him a $61 million contract with $32 million guaranteed. He played three seasons before getting cut, had 25 fumbles and 23 interceptions. <laughs> And didn't what he did? How many touchdowns? Eight, he, Eighteen. <laughs> he had forty-eight turnovers. Yeah, and eighteen touchdowns in three seasons. Yeah, that is pathetic. I, I think he's the biggest bust in in NFL history. So that's why I had to put him at number two. I, I think the because I know Ryan Leaf, you know, talks about. Jamarcus and says he feels for the guy Ryan Leaf probably being the second biggest bust just because the Chargers draft him and then I mean he went to he, he went to jail for um drug addiction and drug abuse I believe but um he reported to a second season sorry this is just fascinating to me he reported to training camp his second season weighing 300 pounds 300 pounds yeah he got he gained big. so much weight in the offseason he got big. Did you see that report that came out earlier oh, this about year about him? him reading the tapes? Play. Yeah, he, they didn't think <laughs> he was watching tapes. So they said, here you go, watch this blank tape. They gave him blank tapes, and then he came back the next day and said it was blitz packages. <laughs> oh, that is so bad. I've never seen anything like that. That is so bad. Anyway, sorry, I got sidetracked on no. Jamarcus Russell. No, that's Facts. exactly what we needed. Um yeah, Jamarcus Russell facts, folks. It's the name of the game, but at the end of the day, that was our top five, bottom five. John, do you have anything else to say before we say so long for now? Yeah. Um, so let me look up the exact amount of times that he's been arrested. Are you talking but about? Reuben Foster. Oh, my gosh, yes. This entire situation. You know, I- I'm kind of comparing it to the – Colin Kaepernick situation, um, mm-hmm. which I, I understand the amount of drama that was around it. I could understand why teams um, didn't want to pick him up, and he also turned down a few contracts to be a backup and, and stuff like that. Which that's uh, you could go on and uh, and give uh, more details about that. But Ruben Foster got arrested again four days ago for domestic violence. For Jeez. I think it was the third or fourth time, and so the 49ers released him, and then 
the Redskins picked him up off waivers. Oh, the Redskins and, picked him up? Yeah. And they're receiving some criticism. Yeah. Um, which is totally understandable. That, that's the thing. You can say what you want about Colin Kaepernick, but a man that has been arrested how many times for domestic violence, beating up his girlfriend or He gets whatever, picked up he's, again. And he's, his most recent arrest was four days ago. And another team picks him up just like that. That's, I mean, that's ridiculous. That's a joke. That, that's ridi- that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and and that's the thing that kind of helps, you know, Colin Kaepernick's case. Him and and one other thing, and we're not gonna dive into Kaepernick by any means, but the fact that Nathan Peterman got workouts with other NFL teams is that a joke? Like, is that a joke, John? No, I know. That's unbelievable. And I'm not saying like. What Kaepernick did, like, that upset a lot of people. And so NFL owners had to make the decision whether or not they wanted that kind of surrounding themselves. Fine. Completely understand. Whatever. But Nathan Peterman and now Ruben Ruben Foster, that's ridiculous. I mean, he's been arrested. Did you say four times? I think it's three or four times. I can't find the exact number, but. <laughs> he got picked up. Yeah. Since, since coming into the NFL, I think his first arrest was in college when he played for Alabama. Um, Kaepernick has committed no crimes. Ruben yeah, Foster, like, like I said, I could understand yeah. almost like the the PR side of it because there's so much right. more. Right, I agree. But with that being said, it's a criminal. Yeah, and being arrested again four days ago. I mean, that's just disgraceful. I mean, I mean name me any other business that would hire an employee after they commit. Four, four crimes, been arrested four times, and get paid millions of dollars. Name me another business or industry that does that outside of sports. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And I think now that they're catching all this criticism, I almost feel like they have to they're going really, right? to drop him. But, I mean, the sole fact that they the 49ers s- did the right thing in releasing him. You know, pl- players get arrested um, every now and then, and – um, teams usually you know, that's one thing. Teams, it really depends on the situation. Obviously, like the Ray Rice situation, however yeah, many years, yeah. that was that was bad. So uh, <laughs> him getting that's really released bad. was understandable. It's like I said, some players get arrested every now and then. Sometimes it's minor things. So Pikes teams, go burst, you know, just a little bolt in the foot. Yeah, sh- shot himself in the foot. That yeah. Was, yeah. Um, but this is, this is ridiculous. Bad. I mean, he's physically abusing his, his girlfriend or whatever it is repeatedly and getting arrested for it and another NFL team picks him up. It's horrible. That just that ticked me off, so that's why I wanted to No, I'm glad you brought it up. up because it makes me mad. And just the idea of it is horrible. And you you know, kind of the point I brought alluded to of other businesses. I mean John in journalism, the New York Times isn't going to hire a journalist if that said journalist has Committed crimes. They wouldn't because they know it would kill their reputation. But the NFL can get away with its players. I mean, Ray Rice was with the Ravens for a while until they finally released him after the tapes. Yeah, once the tapes came out, that was... That's when was, he lost his job, you know? Yeah, that was kind of the... The breaking point. Yeah, but the breaking even point like, there, but. look, the story of Michael Vick is, is great because he did come back and like prove that he changed... Great. But 
he he was in prison for two years and then got back and made millions of dollars with the Philadelphia Eagles. Right, and that's just part of the argument that these NFL players, unless it's Aaron Hernandez where he murdered a man and was sentenced to life in prison, I mean, they can get back in the league from their crimes. That That's kind of crazy to me just because based on the rest of the system here in the U.S. I, I don't know, John. I don't know. Yeah, I mean – I'm just still reading the report on... Ruben? Yeah. Allegation came after Foster's girlfriend accused him of dragging her during an argument and hitting her. Horrible. Arrested and released on $75,000 bail. Yeah, that that whole situation is just frustrating. Uh, I think it's a bad look on the NFL and the Redskins especially. Seriously. Um, Yeah, that's kind of just what I wanted to bring up. No, I think that's uh, – I'm glad you brought that up. And you kind of compare it to the NBA, um, you know, the NHL, where where those guys are just studs, you know. And that's not to say there aren't bad ed- eggs in every sport. But the NFL seems to really have that problem that they need to address, and that's on Roger Goodell. He, We don't have the time to get into him. Maybe that's for next Wednesday. But a lot of changes need to be made in the NFL. Well, with that – we conclude another uh, first and goal show, John. We uh, we're getting close to the end of the semester here. Yeah, only what two more weeks? Two more weeks. Well, next two week's dead week, and then finals, finals week. But so I'm sure we'll be on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Come on, yeah, come on. It's the first and goal show. We're not gonna miss a show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm Scott Ayers alongside John Schmidt. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the first and goal show here on KRNU two at Anderson Hall on the University of Nebraska-Lincoln campus Ooh. once again. Yeah, you I like that? I like I that. a little, little something-something. Uh, yeah. yeah. Spiced it up a little bit. Yeah, I, I threw some seasoning. <laughs> I threw a little pepper on there. I want, I want the people to go home and say, wow, that was, uh, that was a nice send-off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I liked that. Well, anyway, sorry I interrupted you. Continue. Anyways, yada, yada, yada. We're on the campus. Blah, 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 blah. We say thank you so much. Farewell for now, and we will see you next Wednesday.